Hello, I'm Mike Baselli, and this is episode 27 of Passionate Pioneers. During this episode, we welcomed a brilliant and dedicated health tech entrepreneur from Baltimore onto the podcast. Sathya Lumalai is the CEO of Adar Health, a healthcare technology and digital therapeutics company reimagining today's standards for clinical trials, chronic care management, and health monitoring. During our time together, Sathya discussed his journey with his mother's chronic conditions and how this experience drives him to continue to build innovative technology to help others like his mother. Additionally, Sathya shared with us how he became the CEO of a fast growth startup after being an employee at Johns Hopkins University for many years and what this experience has been like for him, both personally and professionally. Sathya's story of relentless passion and pursuit to make our world a healthier place by what he is building at Adar Health will leave you inspired. It is my hope after learning from Sathya that you will reach out to him and his team as they continue to dedicate themselves to bringing life-changing digital therapeutics to our communities across the world. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Sathya, welcome to the podcast. Being recorded at Halo Creative Labs, located inside of Angel MD's headquarters here at Catalyst, our healthcare innovation campus in downtown Denver. Hey, Mike, thank you so much for this opportunity. This is fantastic. Great to be here. Well, it's an honor to have you on the podcast today as I've been following the ADAR Health story for quite some time. I've been fortunate to hear you discuss your company at previous startup health festivals. And now I have the honors to have your story shared with our audience. And speaking of startup health, in a recent magazine publication, they quoted you as saying, I'm going to save my mom from hospitalization. I'm going to prevent drastic events from happening to her. We want people to take better control of their health. We're not looking to make billions of dollars. We're looking to impact billions of lives. Wow, what a statement. And I am so excited to learn more about your journey and what a medical tricorder is and how it is changing the culture of care monitoring. But before we dive into how you and your company have created this movement, a bit of housekeeping. For our audience, while listening to any of our episodes, please make sure to visit the episode notes to share feedback and ideas with our guests via our guest feedback form link and to nominate other passionate pioneers for a future episode via our guest nomination form link. And lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli on iTunes or Spotify, or click the link at the bottom of the episode notes. All right, Sathya, before we get to hear about what a tricorder is and how you guys are impacting the health of many, many people around our country and what you are working on at Adar Health, let's take a moment to break the ice a bit so our community get to know you. I'm going to randomly select a question. Let's see what it comes up with here. Ooh, here we go. What is your favorite meal and why? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I think if you ask any Indian, they would all going to say uh, biryani as a favorite meal. I'm sure most of the Americans also would have tried that. 
but I just wanted to take a step back and tell you, like, I really like something called Congo, which is actually made by my mom. Every year, there is a Tamil New Year in Chennai, India, where they celebrate a festival called Pongo. <laughs> and then they make a really delicious meal out of that. And specifically, my mom makes it. So uh, it is really something that I always miss. And it's been almost five, six years since I had it. So that's more the reason for me to really love that. And uh, can't wait to go back and have it one day again. Give me some of the ingredients. What's in it that you love so much? So it has uh, jaggery or mostly like cane sugar in it and rice and a lot of nuts uh, and very nutritious as well. So and lentils. So lots of proteins and lots of carbs. Now, are there different types of this dish and influence in different regions of the country? I think, yes, there's two different kinds at least. One is more spicy one. The other one is a sweet one. Technically, I love the sweet one. Well, Sathi, I'm going to take the other one. I'm, I'm big on spice. So uh, just keep that in mind. Next time we see each other at a festival, I'm going to take you up on offer on some of the, um, some of the delicious food you're discussing. Absolutely. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing that. Always great to hear. You know, sometimes you can't beat mom's cooking. I, you know, there's nothing like it. Yes. <laughs> well, let's dive in. We have a lot to cover today. Sathi, you guys are doing some very inspiring work. It's been such an honor to hear and see your story grow and evolve over the years. As I mentioned earlier, I've been able to see you a number of times at the Startup Health Festival as the Startup Health crew are very close to us here at the podcast and the Catalyst, our healthcare innovation campus here in Denver. But I can't wait to hear more about where you're at with the company, what the product looks like, how it's impacting the lives of patients across the country. But before we go there, Sathya, let's take it back a bit. Let's rewind the clock. I want to understand how you became part of it, how it became a company, the product, how you guys commercialize, et cetera. But before we even talk about the technology, go past that, go before that and share with us how you got to where you are today with the organization. Absolutely. So my time has always been, or all my experience has been primarily on healthcare. Uh, I worked at Johns Hopkins for over 10 years on patient safety, quality, patient satisfaction, where I was responsible to go into every single room at Hopkins to figure out if there's something that is wrong and if people are following the type of care that we really wanted to provide with the highest standards. So during my time, I really saw a lot of patients going through challenges, but I was never a patient. So it was very easy for me to just bypass all those uh, feedback that I received from patients. But after that, I worked for a data analytics company trying to sell solutions or analytic solutions to payers and pharma. Although it was directly adding some value to patients, it never uh, provided clear insights into how patients can be better managed. My journey into starting ADAR Health was really because of a personal need. My mom is suffering from multiple chronic conditions. And at one point, she was hospitalized for more than five times in a single year for various reasons. And for me, that was the first time I was able to introduce to the hard reality of the world of chronic condition. And from there, my sister and my dad, they also were diagnosed with type 2 diabetes which was really stressful for me, although my professional life was fantastic, um, having got to do a lot of interesting things. Uh, but my personal life was of a bit of a challenge because of my parents' condition. 
And that's where I really wanted to do something with all the experience that I gained uh, in healthcare. So five, six years ago, I met my co-founder, who is uh, Professor Hopkins, called Dr. Gene Friedman, who is a genius, actually. So he built uh, a device and then he was trying to find a value for this. And um, that was something that was really close to me because I found immediate need for monitoring my mom's condition, not just the primary condition, but also all her comorbidities. And that's where the journey started. It's been five to six years now. We have been building this technology. Uh, but the fact that we are very close to patients and actually can make an impact in millions of patients' life is really driving me every single day. And Sathya, we're going to come back to uh, you when you met your co-founder. I, I want to understand how that happened, how the conver- initial conversations went. But help our audience kind of understand a little bit of the context and the magnitude of what you just described. Like you use the microcosm of your mother. But if we think about that on the macro across our country, how big of a problem, how big of a crisis is this for citizens in our country, maybe even around the world, chronic disease management? How big of an issue is this? Honestly, almost 147 million adults in the U.S. have at least one chronic condition. And over 40% of them have two or more chronic conditions. Wow. But then the challenge of our healthcare system is not, it's not really designed to continuously care for people with chronic conditions and their comorbidities. And oftentimes people are left to manage these conditions on their own with limited or no guidance. There are a lot of digital solutions there that are showing and have shown to actually add some value, but it is not really providing any actionable real-time feedback for somebody like my mom. That is a real challenge. And because of this error-prone care, my mom and people like my mom are feeling really unhappy and they're left alone, disconnected, and they're not really getting healthier. And as you may know, if people are not getting healthier and they don't have options, they go back to the hospital. So millions and millions of patients get readmitted or visited ER primarily because they don't have any high quality care that is delivered at their home. So this is a significant problem and it's obviously one that uh, ADAR Health is going uh, directly after and we're going to get to that in just a moment as well. So thank you for putting a little bit of context of how big these problems are for society. But let's still kind of take it back still. Let's stay in that moment. Talk about when you met your now co-founder. How did that happen? How did all those pieces fall into place for now both of you to be in business together? Share with us a little bit about how that came to be. Absolutely. So my co-founder, as I said, he was uh, he really wanted a solution because uh, one of his family members was, uh, was delayed in getting uh, a care at home and uh, when... Uh, she was uh, hospitalized, it was really too late. And that's where he was really looking to find a solution, something that can really like, quickly tell someone's health or their health status, more like a check engine like for humans. That's what he really wanted to build. And he was trying to find some different avenues. And being I was being at Hopkins working with the Armstrong Institute for Patient Safety and Quality. I met him at one of the events where he was presenting the solution and not even a single person really believed in it because (laughs) the device was looking more like a taser at that point in time and people felt like 
it's not a real product and it's just a lab research or something. So for me, as, as I said earlier, I was really going through this challenge of managing my mom. And every time she's admitted for one condition or the other, and it was really challenging. And that's when, when I saw him and when I saw the potential of the device to not just measure one condition or like one organ, but an overall health, I was immediately brought into the, the vision. And then I told him, hey, I would love to be your advisor. Try to be an advisor for a couple of years. But I think in healthcare, you need somebody who is committed and dedicated. And as my mom's condition worsened, and it really it propelled me to like, quit everything and then just jump on into this and then started this company. So we're going to talk about the company again here in just a moment, but I know our listening community loves to hear the founder's story. Sathya, what was it like jumping off the entrepreneurial cliff? Here you are, you're working for one of the most prestigious academic institutions uh, in the industry at Hopkins. I mean, great respect. I have a lot of friends over there. What was it like jumping off that cliff, leaving Hopkins formally and jumping into this startup? I think it was a big gamble, I would say. But there was only two things that was in my mind. Uh, I was earning well, so I was hoping, should I earn that money and then like pay half to monitor my mom's condition with the best of the doctors and the best of the healthcare system in the world? Or do I take it on myself and actually build a solution so that she can actually find some value? And it's not just her, but there are millions of patients like my mom and uh, millions of caregivers like me who would need a solution like this. So I think that was the only driving factor for me to jump off. And as you may also know, working at Hopkins, you have a tag and you can reach out to anyone and get anything done. Or at least people will be happy to talk to you. But as soon as you jump off that and then start your entrepreneurial journey, people tend to ask you who you are. And if you're part of a company that nobody has heard of or building a solution that is still in its prototype format, people really look up to you as, as just something that is not really valuable. So it was really challenging for the first three to four years of my entrepreneurial journey trying to convince people that our device would save lives. So it was definitely a worthwhile journey. And today I just feel very fortunate that I took this route so that I could make a difference in healthcare. Isn't it amazing? I'm going to take a, a quick kind of tangent on the side here. You know, I've been through this a number of times myself in launching companies and, and jumping off, you know, the cliff and building the parachute on the way down. Isn't it amazing what you learn about yourself through that journey, Sathya? Absolutely. I think whatever I learned through my other experiences, through my MBA and my public health degree or my master's, I think these few years of being an entrepreneur taught me a lot, both personally as well as professionally, and also understand the value of money, right? And the value of early detection. Those are two things which really an eye-opening for me. And today I feel it's really a blessing for every single entrepreneur to be a part of this journey. And I strongly recommend anyone who has an idea to definitely pursue with that because you just have one life. 
Well said. And it's so true. It's amazing what you will learn through that journey. And as we know, sometimes a lot of startups don't work out, but it is incredible what you do learn along that way. And and I see it every time I've been able to be in the audience and hear you speak, that that persistence, that tenacity, and more importantly, that passion and dedication that you have uh, for your vision here is incredibly inspiring. So let's start talking about that vision. Let's start talking about the passion that you have for the technology. Uh, before we dive into that, one more question on it. When did you jump off the cliff and join the startup formally with your co-founder. What year was that? Give us some context there. 2015. Oh, excellent. So you guys have been at it for a while. I know there was a rebrand and now rebranding it to Adar Health. When did you guys rebrand the company? Last year, actually, we were initially multi-sensor diagnostics. It was a mouthful. <laughs> and also it was uh, more descriptive, actually. So that's where we really wanted to find some value with our name. And it actually pronounced as ADR Health. And also, it has a lot of meaning in uh, my mother tongue, uh, Tamil, which is more empowering, validating, or caring. So I think that's where I thought we could change our name because our company is actually providing validation for health and providing evidence and actually empowering our um, end users, in this case, patients. So that's why we changed our name to ADAR Help. Excellent. Well, now you just, you teed me up perfectly here, Sathya. We're going to talk about how you are empowering patients, but let me set the stage a bit because I love some of the things that uh, I know about ADAR Health. For instance, you said it earlier, it's so simple yet so brilliant. ADAR Health is building the quote, check engine light for humans. I absolutely love that. So bravo there. And then also ADAR Health is building towards a new vision of connected health and social care. Your proprietary technology and digital therapeutics platform produce actionable evidence-based insights geared towards precision medicine. And lastly, and this is where we're going to jump off and have you kind of talk about the company and the product and all of that, ADAR Health is developing a revolutionary tricorder style. We're going to learn more about what that is. Rapid medical assessment device called Mouth Lab, which measures 10 plus health parameters in 30 seconds. I can't wait to learn more about this. And an enterprise platform which leverages data science and AI technology, which creates a new kind of personalized experience for people with chronic conditions. Wow. Let's start with what a tricorder is. I think it's, it's basically a reference to the Star Trek tricorder. I don't know if you have heard about, I mean, there was also a contest like a few years ago from Qualcomm where um, they wanted to build uh, a device similar to Tricorder for health. Basically, a single device that can measure your overall health um, so that it can you don't have to run to uh, an ER, but basically provide some value at the comfort of your home. So I think that was our vision to really see, can we collect a whole lot of health information rapidly from an individual so that people are not really collecting continuous data from variables and then they have to run around always carrying a device or variable uh, technology or an app. So what our device is, it is, as, I, as you rightly mentioned in your introduction, it, today it measures uh, 10 uh, health parameters uh, from the user's mouth and hand. So... Today, we measure temperature, blood pressure, respiration rate, heart rate, heart rate variability, pulse rate, ECG, uh, oxygen saturation, um, 
and breathing pattern and spirometric lung function. Everything from within 30 seconds from the user's mouth and hand. So it's very simple to use. It's a handle device. You basically pick up the device every day and then put it in your mouth. Uh, it has a scuba mouthpiece kind of a mouthpiece. So you breathe into it normally. Uh, at the end of 30 seconds, it informs the user to perform spirometry or lung function tests. Once you're done, you basically wash it under tap water, more like an electric toothbrush, and then put it back. So you don't have to do anything more, or you don't even have to carry a smart device with you because the device is 4G enabled. So it communicates via 4G to our secure HIPAA compliant cloud. From there, the data can be sent directly to your phones and to your caregivers, as well as to your care providers if you wish to send them. So essentially, we are unifying all the aspects of patient's health uh, at a single place. So that's where we really believe this would be a tricorder. But also from the fact that the reason why we actually went to collect all this information from the mouth is basically we have access to breath and saliva in the mouth, which in turn uh, contains many biological indicators of health. So our future goal and, and currently working towards adding new capabilities and also building capabilities to perform biochemical analysis of breath and saliva every single day. So patients or users can get an overall picture or a multi-dimensional view of somebody's health every single day so that you can catch a deterioration in health at a very early stage. And you mentioned about the data going into the cloud, a HIPAA compliant kind of environment. The data is going up into the cloud, but for who? What happens next? Yes, the patient engaged with the device. Share with us what happens next. So basically what we do is uh, even while signing our patients who would have the ability to actually send the data to different settings. So for example, for clinical trials, uh, if they really wanted to be like sending the data to their pharma companies in terms of showing any adverse events or anything to do with the uh, drug uh, dose titration or any aspect about um, the treatment itself, that could be sent to the pharma and to the doctors immediately. And from a chronic disease management point of view, uh, you can actually send the data to your physician who can actually look at the data in real time because our system can risk stratify the patients and only send information uh, immediately to patients who are high risk uh, of um, a certain condition. But to a patient and also their caregivers, um, we actually send um, really curated messages and insights because for my mom, She's not really looking for like what's her blood pressure, what's her uh, ECG data looks like. She's not looking at all these different numbers uh, that her physician would look into that. So for her, we generally provide like, for example, my mom, red, green, yellow should be good enough for her to like understand where she is with her health and if she needs uh, any additional um, treatment or any additional insights. For me as a caregiver, and if my mom wishes to send the data to me, I would get a much more insights in terms of what is really happening with my mom's condition. And I need to be like with her or I need to actually call her physician. So in a way, 
it is more curated to different participants uh, who are part of the, the care circle. So uh, at the end of the day, these data can be used to actually make uh, informed um, recommendations, which are evidence-based. So essentially, I mean, for example, in future, we should be able to provide my mom what she really needs to do at that point of time. And if her condition is really um, deteriorating, we would be able to connect her to a physician online or through um, one of the local Walgreens or CVS clinics so that she can get access to care immediately. That is really cool. Thanks for that, uh, Sathya. So let's talk, uh, let's dive in a little bit on the weeds there. So yes, you talked about pharma and, and working on clinical trials, but let's talk about that patient and physician interaction and engagement, right? And we're, of course, we're seeing a lot of trends happening in the industry of taking care out of the brick and mortar and into a patient's home, which this can do exactly that. Who prescribes this technology, ADAR Health, for, say, your mother? Is it the physician? How does the patient receive this technology in that type of scenario? So essentially from either from her primary care provider or from one of her specialists, either a pulmonologist or a cardiologist. Basically, the, the challenge is today my mom's pulmonologist is not talking to her cardiologist and she is getting different kinds of like interventions, which are not really taking into consideration of all the other conditions that she has. So what we really wanted to do is to actually integrate all these things into one so that her, both her um, primary care physician, her cardiologist, and her pulmonologist are all in sync with their health and they are getting the information. So through the chronic disease management program, she can get this device and the provider can get reimbursed up to $200 per patient per month for monitoring patients like my mom at home for and for predicting any adverse events or even in hospitalization at a very early stage. So there are a lot of CCM or chronic care management codes that are available today to get reimbursement. And also from a provider's perspective, today providers are really interested in reimbursing for such technologies to actually help with their population health management initiatives. Are you also seeing employer groups wanting to adopt this as well? Absolutely. So there's a huge interest from the employer group. And and it's also very challenging today for them because uh, they are the ones who are paying a lot of money, not just for like one member of the family, but also sometimes their spouses as well. So it is a huge burden for them. And and also from in terms of having a healthy workforce, they really wanted to provide such technologies and solutions to manage their employees. No, from our perspective, I think we really wanted to provide this solution because uh, oftentimes people are prone for getting multiple conditions or comorbidities uh, within a few months. So a solution like this would be very integral and informative to employers. Excellent. Thanks for that. And you also already beat me to the punch on a couple of questions talking about reimbursement and all of that, talking about how you prescribe this technology as well. But let's also, because we have some of these listeners as well, we have a lot of tech leaders and minds listening to the podcast. Does your technology also integrate with EHRs in this current environment? How does that look? Or if not, how, how does that look in the future? Maybe highlight that a bit. Sure. 
Yeah. So right now, what we, I mean, using our secure API, we can send and receive data. But today we are sending PDFs of these snapshots, daily snapshots to the EMR, which is really possible through some of the companies that we are working with. Really good startups and well-established companies are helping us today to make that integration. But in future, we really wanted to stream this in real time to the EMR, which is future today. It's pretty much like 20, end of 2020 or 2021, where we could actually send all these information to the providers so that they have the patient medical history, the longitudinal analysis of all their health information, and also patient-reported subjective information and any variable data that they are collecting. They all would be collected and integrated into the EMR so that physicians can get everything at the same place. Now that's exciting, especially as we think about burnout on that side of the aisle in the equation. That to me sounds very empowering. So thank you for that summary as well there, Sathya. So let's now start uh, kind of looking into the future state of ADAR Health, where you're going to take this. You did mention that you're, you know, you and the team are looking at other parameters coming online in the future in regards to what you are measuring with Mouth Lab. What does it look like for the future of this company in the next two to three, three to five years? Where, where are you taking it? Absolutely. So I think one of the, I mean, some of the key parameters that we're really working on are, for example, carbon monoxide uh, for smoking cessation or for COPD patient monitoring, steno or um, like exhaled nitric oxide um, to understand for asthmatic patients and their status uh, and carbon dioxide for metabolism. And, and also, as I said earlier, the breath and saliva analysis is the holy grail, right? So uh, there are a lot of companies that are uh, targeting and then working towards understanding information from patients' breath uh, and also from their saliva. For, from our point of view, we really wanted to at least get traces of some of these components or um, biomarkers that are often not collected even in hospitals. Uh, and provide access to patients with all those biomarkers so that we can predict uh, a condition at a very early stage. So our goal is not just adding all additional biomarkers uh, or biomarker sensors or sensing capabilities, but also using AI and machine learning to actually make sense of the data and also predict um, some of these abnormalities um, at a very early stage. Uh, because what we are taking is more as a multi-parameter or a multi-biomarker approach, which actually can show changes. I mean, even if one or two parameters are not really reflective of somebody's health, there's tons of other parameters that are out there that can actually shine light on some of their uh, current health status. So with that, we can actually... Um, uh, predict uh, somebody's health and if they are going through, um, uh, I would say, when it comes to cancer remission, this is something that could be used to actually predict uh, if they're going through a remission. So from our perspective, uh, our goal is to collect a whole lot of health information rapidly. This includes patient um, health or vital information, their behavioral data, their environmental data, uh, and if they're having any variable data, putting all those things together to provide a comprehensive, holistic picture of their health. Uh, 
so that anybody who's caring for, um, um, be it a caregiver or a provider uh, to the patients, they can actually get insights uh, that can be used to deliver precision medicine. Sounds like a very exciting future for yourself, the team, and ADAR Health. So thank you for that. And of course, we're going to stay close to your journey and and watch all of that uh, come to fruition because knowing you, I'm confident you and the team are going to get there. But let's take it back to current state, uh, Sathya. With that fantastic view into the future for the company, what today, though, is one problem, need, or question that our listening community around the world can be helping you and ADAR Health with? Great. So I think I'm going to be greedy or asking for two <laughs> needs. Uh, one is definitely, I think we are raising right now, uh, we're getting into our Series A arrays, uh, which would help us to commercialize our technology. So if there are listeners out there who are interested in uh, investing, uh, we'd love to uh, talk to you. And, and also listeners who are really interested to be a part of uh, our uh, solution or be part of our efforts um, in terms of, uh, for example, peers, providers, or pharma who are interested in using our device, either in your clinical trials or uh, managing your patients um, at home, we would love to talk to you because at this point, this is something that we built for almost 10 years ago. The device has been under development for almost 10 years. uh, And we did it just within a small group of people. But this is a global company now. And we really want people like you to be an active participant in helping us to grow bigger and uh, and reach our end users, patients in this case, faster. So pharma payers and providers who are interested in working with us or interested in piloting a solution, we would love to talk to you and um, engage with you immediately. And to our listening community uh, to give feedback or ideas or suggestions for uh, connection points for, for Sathya and, and Aid Our Health, do visit the episode notes. There is a guest feedback form link there. Click through, leave that information, and we'll be sure to expedite that over to Sathya. I know with our pioneering community that has rallied around this podcast from around the world, there are plenty of you that I know can definitely help Sathya and the things that he just shared in regards to their needs as an organization. So Sathya, thanks for sharing that. Uh, let's now turn to, to how the audience can also get a hold of you in other ways. What are some contact points online, social media, handles, etc.? How can we get a hold of you online? Absolutely. So my, my direct email address is S-E-L-U-M-A-L-A-I. Uh, that's my first uh, name and, and first letter of my first name and, and my last name at adar.com, A-I-D-A-R.com. And you can also reach us through any of our social media channels, be it Twitter, it's Adar Health, uh, LinkedIn, and Facebook, um, and also on Instagram, Adar.help. So please reach out to us and uh, we'd be happy to help you out and also work with you in the future. And one more just to ensure we have it, uh, what is the actual website as well? It's www.adar.com. It's A-I-B-A-R.com. Excellent. And again, to our listening community, we will leave all of those uh, points of contact in the episode notes. So do make sure to visit those to click through and get a hold of the ADAR Health team via those uh, networks and those channels. All right. We are coming to the end here, Sathya. Time for you to take us home. I got to fill in the blank for you. I'm a passionate pioneer because? 
because I'm also a caregiver who is trying to care for my mom and care for people like my mom. The primary goal or the vision of our company is to provide access to clinical quality care to every single individual in this world at the comfort of their home so that we can aim to ensure that personalized care is also delivered at the same quality that we want to provide to every single member of our family. So I'm really passionate about healthcare and I really believe that every single listener here is passionate and would love to work with us at some point. Well, thank you for that, uh, Sathya. And please, next time you do see your mother, give her a big hug for us. Let her know there's an entire community around this podcast rallying and rooting her on and rooting you on as well. So while you were based in Baltimore and we here in Denver are looking forward to continuing to hear your story, get your updates and know that there are a bunch of friends and supporters a mile high rooting you and the ADAR Health team on. Thank you for joining us today. And we look forward to your continued pursuits and mission at ADAR Health. Thank you, Mike. It's a pleasure and honor. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.